284, baby. What's up? John Ramakan, Blake Schneider's in the fucking building. Let's fucking go. Pre-note, I'm doing this show from my car. I apologize for the poor camera quality. Um, That's just kind of the way it has to be. So uh, I apologize for this light right here. If it's annoying you guys, I don't really know what to do about it. But I'm in the building. John's in the building. My confidential right-hand man, always looking amazing. But I'll tell you what, John, I think I look amazing today. I don't know about you, but uh, I feel like I'm looking pretty good. I think you always look amazing. So it's hard for me to, to discriminate right now because I think you always look good. Hey, well, usually I'm the ugly duckling. But before we even even get started, John, do you have a drink in your hand? Um. I have straight cranberry and ice because I love cranberry juice. Straight cranberry and ice. You know what? I, I'll take it. But uh, if you could, if you could get yourself a drink while I do this open, that'd be fantastic. I don't Unless really you're drink. not drinking tonight. I'm not really drinking. Not drinking. That's okay. Don't worry about it. You know why? Because I'm gonna do a chug for the boys right now. Okay. UFC 284 fucking hands down was phenomenal. Everything that we were promised, everything that we thought was going to happen, everything that we as fans and analysts and commentators thought was going to be brought to the table, I think was brought to the table. So you know what? Chug for the boys on three. One, two, three. Ah! Look at that boy Woo! go. Tyson Boston in that shit. Do what? Said Tai Tuivasa in that shit. Had to hit the shoey. We've hit the shoey on the show before. You and I will hit a shoey later in this year when Tai fights. But tonight, UFC 284 in Perth, Australia was freaking hands down fan fucking tastic. And I'm going to throw it to John real quick. Like I said, I'm doing it in my car right now. I have my computer balanced on a water bottle. So if my computer falls, if this gets a little shaky, I apologize for the audio version. Anybody listening on Spotify or anything like that, uh, Apple or Apple and iTunes, don't worry about it. But for the for the viewers, it's going to be great. Anyway, 284 in Perth, Australia, Islam Makachev, Alexander Volkanovsky, the great Alexander Volkanovsky. What was your initial uh, thoughts leading up to this fight, John, and what was your initial takeaway just from an overall view of the card itself? So leading up to it, I really thought Alexander, like I thought he had a fighting chance. Like I feel like his uh, octagon IQ was really good. I just feel like, you know, shout out to Paige for that, but his octagon IQ was really good. He was just really smart with whoever he fights. He knows how to change the style of the way he fights to kind of just mold slightly different to the fighter that he's fighting against. So did a really good job against Max Holloway, then destroyed Volkanovski, you know, had a great game plan against uh, Brian Ortega. And then tonight bringing another excellent game plan. I don't think I've seen anyone get up from any one of these Dagestani wrestlers. The guy, the way I've seen Alexander Volkanovski get, get up tonight. So my, you know, getting leading into it, I thought he had a fighting chance, but I thought Islam was probably going to get the win. Tonight just made me respect Alex a lot more because the the way that he was able to clip Islam a couple times in the fifth round, even hurting him, finish on top, ground and pound, you know, finishing the round on top, finishing the fight on top, looking like the fresher fighter when it was all said and done. He showed a tremendous amount of heart in this fight. You know, Islam, I still think, ended up with the win, you know, correctly. But man, Alexander Volkanovsky was a phenomenal was phenomenal in this fight. And if I had to say one thing, I would say is I still think Volkanovski is number one pound for pound because if you shrink Islam down 145, I think uh, I think Alexander would finish him. Uh, again, like I said, doing this doing this post fight show from my car, I apologize. Hopefully, the audio is coming through properly. The video might not be great. I apologize to all the fans for that. Anyway. Brought to you by Fight Bananas, brought to you by MMA Shark. UFC 284, in my mind, was fantastic. Um, maybe not one of the most star-studded uh, cards that we've seen this year, but as far as performances, it was fantastic. In my mind, Volkanovski versus Islam was was the fight of the year as far as the, the buildup. When it comes to the actual fight itself, I still might hold it up there with 
one of the best fights we've seen all year. The the problem to me was Islam seemed to win almost every round. But every, I mean, this might be the first fight that I've seen a fighter win every round, or at least four out of five, three out of five, depending on who's scoring the fight. Uh, we, God damn, sorry. Uh, we saw, obviously, uh, an issue in the opening fight of the series with uh, a fighter who we thought was going to win, who thought we deserved to win, and then all of a sudden, they gave the other guy the win. Again, that goes back to judging. doesn't really matter. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky, to me, was tremendous. He was able to maneuver on the ground. He was able to strike. Islam, obviously, came in and did what Islam does. What does Islam do? He takes you to the ground. He knows how to control you. He, I don't know what it is about these Dagestani wrestlers, but they are able to maneuver up against the fence, something that... Khabib was able to do very well. Everybody knows that Islam is uh, Khabib's protege. He's the next man up. He's the next Iron Eagle himself. But he's able to control you uh, up against the fence, which really takes away a lot of your wrestling ability when it comes to maneuverability. Um, how did you score the fight, John? I know that you, you and I obviously both had very busy weekends. I was watching the Mizzou game. Shout out to Mizzou. They overtook number six in the country. Tennessee Volunteers got the win. You were at the Magic game. Who was Magic? The Heat. Uh, the Heat ended up with the win. But so, so we were kind of pulling double duty tonight when it comes to reporting on either sport. But when it comes to Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Makachev, Makachev was able to control him up against the fence, ended up getting the win. He is now the lightweight champion. Volkanovski was trying to go for the double belt holder. What was your overall view on the actual fight itself as just a straight fight? I thought that Islam had really good kicks throughout the fight. I feel like he was doing a really good job going through the body, especially in that southpaw versus orthodox stance. Whenever that would open up, he would do a really good job kicking to the body. Um, did a really good job in the you know getting in the clinch. As for Volkanovski, just fighting out for the fighting off of as many takedowns as he was able to, and just getting up as many times as he did was impressive. The leg kicks also by Volkanovski that was a major weapon. I think that's what made me give him round three um, out of the fight for I think so. I think three and five went to Volkanovski, and I went think one, two, and four went to Islam. Okay, so yeah, that that was the weird thing about the whole fight. the The whole time I've never seen a fighter be beaten in majority of the rounds but you still had this unextinguishable rootingness for a fighter like i didn't really have a dog in the fight islam's obviously a champion in his division and lightweight featherweight uh um volkanovsky fantastic 22 fight win streak comes in and even though yes he did lose each round it didn't really feel like he lost each round if i could have titled this fight as a draw i would have loved it because i think this needs to be run back immediately immediately john it needs to be run back what do you think it's hard for me to say that they should run it back immediately because right now that would hold up the lightweight division a little bit longer right you have all these yes. guys there um, the good thing be with the interim featherweight champion, Yair, that makes sense. At least that division wouldn't be held up. But you don't want to hold up that 155-pound division. Go try to unify the belts. You know, if he if he went, you know, unifies it, have him, you know, work through 145. You have guys like Arnold Allen working their way up. You have killers at 145 that are coming up soon. Um, I think if you try it out maybe a year or two down the line, if Islam is able to continue holding that belt, you try it out again. I do. I love the idea of it. Like me personally, as a you know, as a mixed martial arts fan, give me this fight again. Like this was an absolute true display of mixed martial arts to the highest level, and this was truly number one versus number two pound for pound. So I think it was absolutely no doubt. Like what you saw in the octagon was number one and number two in the world, and that's exactly what it lived up to. So Yair Rodriguez face off against Josh Emmett got the submission in round two, seemingly. I, I never want to say any fight is easy because as commentators, it's easy for us to give our, our take and, and point things out. 
We're not fighters. We don't step in the octagon. We don't know how easy things are. But Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett, it looked like Yair, one of the most fascinating strikers in the lightweight division. He just he has such unique ability. So you're saying Islam now takes on I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're saying uh, Alexander now takes on Yair for that interim title belt for him to reclaim and, and kind of solidify the fact that, hey, I am top dog in this division, right? Yeah, I do think that's exactly what you do. I think that, you know, Volkanovsky, I think this was probably his best chance to win the to get to win a fight against Islam. I think Islam now knowing how good Volkanovsky is would come back a little bit better, a little bit more polished on the ground. You know, I really do think that Islam, no matter how prepared he is, had a little bit of underestimation of how strong Volkanovski's had. And he even admitted that post-fight. Like, he said he was, hey, this guy is short, but he's strong, right? And I think that Islam, if he had a little more preparation of the feel for the power that Volkanovski is able to carry, not only in his hands, but in his body and his grappling, I think he would be able to win that fight a little bit better. And I mean, it's hard to say that it would be any different, right? Both guys dropped each other. But the grappling exchanges were almost always dominated by Islam because Alex, even if he was defending really well, that's all he was doing was defending on the grappling side. He wasn't able to take Islam down. He did an excellent job sprawling on a lot of those takedowns, but he wasn't able to offensively you know, do anything grappling wise. I do still think Islam would take a rematch. But like I said, this is a this was one of the best fights I've ever seen as far as a display of martial arts. 100%. I think one of the weirdest things about this fight was again I don't remember such a fight where the man holding the fight and again I apologize to all of the, the watchers who are having a little bit of Wi-Fi difficulty. Um I'm doing it from my car. Obviously John's got the amazing setup in his house so kudos to John. I had to do something on the fly uh had a little date night tonight and and just didn't have a, a proper setup at the house but um it was one of those fights where you look at the fighters, and as the fight continues, Volkanovski was the most entertaining fighter of the night, but he wasn't the winner of the fight. He had somebody, I mean, he was talking shit to Islam throughout the entire fight. He was uh, making uh, high intensity maneuvers throughout the fight. Islam was cool, calm, collected and did not waver in the face of a champion while he himself is also a champion. That is is such an interesting fight to watch because when you watch somebody who seems like they're giving the fight entertainment, but they're not winning the fight, how does that mess with the viewer's mind and and people who are not quite as uh, maybe diehards or, or maybe the casual viewer the casual viewer might have seen Volkanovski be ahead at the end of the fight, but that's not what judges saw. That's not what diehard UFC fans fall or even MMA fans fall. So how do you kind of distinguish between the electricity between Volkanovski and the steadiness of Makachev? Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because you had Volkanovski feeding off that crowd, right? They were, I mean, they're chanting his name. You have thousands of people chanting your name and then you're in a body lock. And, you know, let's be honest, Islam was not necessarily doing a lot of damage in that body lock. Sure, he was threatening the rear naked choke, but Alex was doing a great job doing a fighting the hands, doing the baseball grip two on one. So I feel like, you know, in that fourth round when Islam had the back, sure, it wasn't necessarily you know, a dominating position where Alex was, you know, screaming at him, telling him, you know, come on, bitch, let's go, blah, 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 whatever he was telling him while he was having, you know, him in his body triangle. It's tough to, you know, say that you're not cheer for Alex, right? Or not want him to win or not say, hey, you know, let's this guy, maybe he etched this out, right? Maybe give him that little extra round or for that, just because you have a little more feeling for that. But that's what the fight game is all about, right? These fights need to be sold, and we want to be entertained. So if somebody's going to go in there, and they're going to entertain us, and they're somebody that's as good as Alexander Volkanovsky, and they're able to get it from the takedown, they're not going to be... How many people have gotten finished by Islam in the first round? 55 pounders gotten finished by Islam, you know? Dan Hooker, I mean, he's a 45 and 55 pounder, obviously, but, you know, a lot of guys through all throughout you know, the lightweight division got finished by Islam. Alexander Volkanovsky fought five rounds. And if this was, you know, back in the day where it's like UFC two and it's like you just fight till the finish. 
I mean, you can probably give Alex a fight because at the end of these, like at the end of five rounds, Alex looked like the fresher guy. And if you had two more rounds to go, I think Alex would have won the fight. Was it weird when you all, I mean, I think you and I both view fights very similarly. All right, John. So was it weird when you saw that the crowd, first of all, shout out to the crowd in Perth, Australia. They were going crazy. You could hear them over the, uh, over the TV, uh, uh, whatever, you know, announcements. And, and some of those post-fight interviews, you couldn't even hear what the fighters were saying because the crowd was going so loud. So when the crowd is so heavily handed on Volkanovsky, on a, a, a kid from their hometown, and then you have a guy like Islam who is winning, but again, it's not necessarily an electric win. He's winning by default. He's winning by, you know, the game being played. He's not playing to the crowd. He's winning by the game being played. How does that sway you as somebody who's watching the fight? I think no matter what, like if you look at boxing, right, and you have a crowd that's pro one fighter, whenever one fighter lands a strike, even if it's blocked by the glove, the crowd is always going to ooh and ah, right? So you're always going to have the reaction of the crowd play a factor into what you think maybe landed or what you think didn't land. But I think as a judge, it's your job, you know, sitting cage side to be able to distinguish what shots landed, which shots didn't, and where the damage is coming from and where the control is coming from. So I think that's what you want to be looking at, like, regardless if, you know, you're listening to the audience, right? Because the audience is only going to give you half a perspective. They're not going to really typically give you a full perspective because they'll have favorites, right? So whenever you have somebody that's a favorite, and like I said, land a power shot or do something like a leg kick, right? When the leg kick stumbled Islam, everybody would nod over that, right? But when the back take happened, nobody necessarily was saying anything because that's not what that anybody wanted, right? But the back take was more impactful than the leg kick. So that's what we have to learn, you know, to distinguish between what the crowd is giving you and what's actually happening in the fight. And I think that's just something you have to kind of learn as a fight fan and understand what's, you know, in the fight environment, what's going on. Well, and I think when you look at the, the ability for Islam to be able to take the back of Volkanovsky, so it seemed like pretty seamless. It pretty it seemed like pretty easily the way he transitioned to that for for the casual fan that you know that's cool for the hardcore fan that was sexy as fuck. The way he able was able to do it so seamlessly as if he had done it one million times before, was so awesome. And, yes, Volkanovsky did a fantastic job. He knew exactly what he had to do. He said, Islam's going to probably take my back. At that point, hand fight, hand fight, hand fight. Hand fighting became one of the biggest stories in this entire fight. Obviously, Volkanovsky landed a knockdown. Uh, I believe Makachev landed two knockdowns of... Ah, sorry about that. Again, doing this from my car. Not everything is sexy as I'd like to be, but uh, was able to get the the uh, two knockdowns in the fight. What do you think was the capitalizing moment of the entire fight? Oh, that's really hard to say because Makachev didn't really. I mean, he had the knockdowns, right? But Volk was really able to bounce back and recover really well off of them. So. I don't think necessarily that the knockdowns were, you know, what made Islam win the fights. I think it was more so the control. The knockdowns were just, you know, butter on top to allow him to continue to go from there. Uh, I think Volk had a lot of, you know, really good strikes too. Not necessarily, you know, as many knockdowns because I know he had the knockdown in the fifth round for sure. I thought he had a knockdown in the first too. I thought both guys had a knockdown in the first. Um, I agree. I think they they missed a knockdown that should have been counted. Unfortunately, it wasn't. It was not counted. But I do think it, it probably was tied at the end of the fight for knockdowns. Not that that was the equalizer, or not that that was the the overthrower of who won and who didn't. But um, it, it was just it kind of it, it goes back to what we talked about with refing. And again, I'm not saying that this fight at any point was um, decided by bad refing. Or bad judging, I guess, in in the in the better sense. But it was one of those where it's like, well, I, I would have considered that a knockdown as well. Yeah, there was a couple of shots where I thought, you know, like I think Volk dropped to a knee. You know what I mean for like one of the shots yeah. Islam dropped. I'm not sure if they considered that a knockdown or not. 
But I know there was a couple shots where, and it's hard to tell against somebody that's so good as a wrestler because as soon as he gets hit with one of these impactful shots, they go for a shot, right? So they go on their knees immediately. So it's almost deceitful for a judge because it's like, okay, are you getting knocked down or are you just going down for a shot, right? So now you're kind of getting caught up in that. We'll, we'll talk about this when it goes to, you know, we'll talk about Emmett versus Yair because Yair hit him with the flying knee, but Emmett landed on top, right? So it's kind of one of those bang, bang plays where it's harder to tell exactly what happened. And I think there was times where it's, you know, where, uh, Def, where he definitely knocked him down Volk definitely knocked him down but Islam just went for the grapple immediately and maybe it looked like him going for the wrestling exchange so in your opinion like, like and, I, and I agree with you Islam obviously stays on top Volkanovsky goes back goes back to uh, featherweight takes on Yair Rodriguez to retain that title because I think Yair obviously proved that he is the next man up. His striking is so dynamic. It is so, um, you know, a lot of people talked about Conor McGregor's striking being unpredictable. Unpredictable and dynamic. Dynamic, I'm sorry. Um, when you look at Yair Rodriguez, you know, you, if you remember his his knockout of uh, the Korean zombie, I mean, it was last second, a um, an elbow, uh, you know, you could call it a flying elbow. Uh, elbows always flying. You never really knew that was going to come into play. So you Volkanovski is going to go down, retain the title, or at least fight to retain the title against Yair Rodriguez. And then Islam, who is Islam's next opponent? I mean, you have, I know Benil Daryush has been, you know, calling out everybody. And um, I think Armand Sukar or Sarukian has been uh, also uh, talking about kind of working his way up the ranks. Um, I like Benil, right? I think Benil is a good matchup for him. Um, I think if, Charles wants to go and win a fight in the meantime, you know, let Charles go fight somebody that's ranked as, you know, ranked pretty high. If Charles wins the fight, then you throw that rematch back after this fight. But I think Benil Daryush is that guy. Like he's earned the fight, earned the right to fight for a championship at this point. So where do you think, I guess, in that lightweight division, you got guys like Michael Chandler who have come off uh, amazing performances. You have Justin Gaethje. Obviously he's taken care of already. You, you obviously you mentioned that uh, Beniel Daryush. Um, does Oliveira get another shot? Is it going to be down the line? Is it going to be at all? I mean, it's definitely going to be for sure. Like he's definitely going to get another shot. I just think you have to let the division kind of move a little bit and then see who he's going to fight next, right? Because you know he's going to beat just like uh, Justin Gaethje, right? Um, you know he already beat Dustin Poirier. And his fight against Islam, he was knocked out and then sub, subbed, right? Like, he, he got knocked down and then he got choked out. Was that – that's exactly – that's what happened, right? So, but anyways, he lost to uh, he lost to Malhechev. So, I think Charles Oliveira needs to maybe fight somebody coming up like Fiziev, right? Let somebody that's, like, a really good Muay Thai specialist, um, really good striker, also decent grappler. I think him versus Fiziev would be a good fight. And then um, if Charles wins that, you can go from there and let him re rematch uh, Islam. Okay. I I mean, I I don't know if I necessarily agree with everything, but I definitely understand every, every the whole take. Um, going down the card itself, obviously Islam Makachev got the win over uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, got the decision. Uh, Yair Rodriguez got a very impressive submission over Josh Emmett. What was your take on the fight itself? What was your take on the the square off between Yair and, and Emmett? And where does this really put Yair and maybe even Emmett in this this uh, uh, chase for the feather, featherweight title? Well, for Emmett, I think it's it just it's going to knock him down, right? Because now even for the feather like this was normal this was a this was a number one contenders fight right this was yeah. in case alexander volkanovsky actually won the 155 belt that he was gonna have to work two divisions that you're gonna have a guy at 145 making sure that it's good right but since alex lost it was more so a number one contenders fight and i think it's just gonna be for one fight where this guy's gonna hold the belt right so i think for emmett it's gonna be a lot harder for him because you're having these guys like Arnold Allen, right? You have already Max Holloway up there. Those guys are ahead of you, and they're going to be gunning for the title pretty soon. And then you're going to have, you know, Yair Rodriguez. Like you said, the striking, absolutely phenomenal. I do think he loses to Volkanovsky. That's my opinion. I haven't really done 
scouting on it, you know, per se in, in detail, but I do think that Volkanovsky would be able to handle him. But Yair, you know, showed an excellent job. Like you said, the kicking at all three levels, to be able to the low kicks, the spinning kicks, the high kicks, right? Following the kicks with punches on the same side. Like he does such unique things with his striking and it's such a joy to see. Um, but I think for him, when Volkanovsky comes, I think the movement of Volkanovsky and the octagon IQ is just too high for him. When we get into the rest of the card, and, and I do agree with you. When we get into the rest of the card, you look at the heavyweight division. You look at Justin Toffa versus Parker Porter. Uh, obviously, you had Jimmy Crute with Alonzo Minifield. That ended in a draw. Were you surprised by the uh, the draw decision versus uh, Crute and Minifield, or was that something that you probably suspected coming? And who, if you had to have picked a winner, if it, let's say it didn't end in a draw, who was your go-to in that fight? I think Menafield would have got the win. Um, I think the, the fence grab, you know, definitely hurt him with that one. But um, yeah, it was a pretty close fight. Um, you know what I mean? I think, I think Menafield definitely got it. But um, with the with the like, I think I think it was a fence grab that ended up getting the point. Um, yeah, that was just a whole scoring debacle. Like these judges need to clear that stuff up. We're like they should not be taking that long of a time to get the scoring down for it to be a draw. Again, I do want to apologize. Doing it from my car, this is not normal. Uh, just had a bad setup in the house where I was at. I promise you it's not on John's end. It's on my end for any of the lagging that you guys hear. So uh, for all of the watchers, I do apologize. Again, balancing my computer on a water bottle. So we're, we're trying to do the best we can out here. Fight Bananas does not give up. We give you everything. Thing that we can. John is always nothing but professional. Blake, on the other hand, uh, has to do what he can with what he's got. But um, no, I, I agree. I, I think the uh, the whole fight itself was back and forth. I I agree with the draw decision. I think it was such a back and forth fight. Jimmy and Alonzo Menafield were both landing shots left and right. It was a great fight. Minifield obviously got the point deduction. If not, he would have won. He would have won had it not been for the fence grab. It would have not been for any of that other things. But um, I agree. At the end of the uh, at end of the day, I think a lot of fans get hung up on the the judging, and and I cannot disagree with them. I cannot disagree with the fact that MMA judging, much like NFL refing. Uh, I know you and I are big NFL fans. Much like NFL refing, we we agree that it's not. Uh, maybe this year was the worst. I'm not saying that for the uh, for the UFC, but I do agree that there are certain things that need to be called. There are certain things that should be called that aren't called. At the end of the day, I'm not mad that 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 specific fight was a draw. Yeah, you can't be mad with it. Like I said, like you know, it was. In our both of our opinion, we thought Menafield probably got the you know the nod there. Yes. And because of the fence grab, it ended up being a draw. It ended up working, making sense. Ended up, ended up making sense at the end of the day. Then you have Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. Justin Taffa came out first round, minute 106. Uh, basically, I mean, like, that was a quick knockout. And the power in Taffa's hands. Are you kidding me? Are we seeing the emergence of another Taito Yavasa, a man that can just take down any man? Or is that what we're seeing, or or, or, or what? You know, what are the flaws in, in Tafa's game? Do you see anything? Well, it's tough to say right now, right? This was his first fight in two years. He's coming back off yes. of an injury, but before that, I mean, he had a head kick knockout. I mean, they were talking about it on the broadcast, but the head kick knockout where his opponent blocked the head kick and it still knocked him out. Like he has yeah. that power, right? And I think it's just those things with like those people, like, you know, him. You know, you talked about uh, Tui Vasa, like just people don't from that side of town just have that natural power in their hands so i feel like you know like you said the shot that he landed tonight was absolutely perfect it wasn't even necessarily like the best most precise shot but the power that was behind it absolutely put us about it was a one strike bang walk off knockout i think it was a great performance by him and i think if he continues to develop or continues to show that you know this injury is behind him he could have himself a nice little run working himself up into the contention Going in, again, we're, we're sticking on the main card tonight, guys, because the main card was so awesome to watch. Jack Della Maddalena. Jack Della Maddalena versus Randy Brown, 16-5 and five versus 14-2. and two. Jack Della Maddalena, 
What was your take from his fight? He got the submission round two pretty quickly in round two, uh, about two minutes in, was able to finish the fight. What was your takeaway from Jack Della Maddalena? Just first of all, like how high his guard is, right? He does a really good job keeping that guard really high. And I think he was he did a good job fighting or be, being patient and getting past the kicks and the length of Randy Brown. Like he waited until he was able to move around it, got him around with a clean right hook over the top, got him with another one. Once he was able to get down and get on the rear naked choke, um, he was able to finish him. So his performance tonight just was indicative of how well he's been performing overall. I mean, I can't remember. I don't think he's lost a UFC fight yet. I know he's uh, right now on a hell of a streak, but dude, this guy is legit. And I think the next fight that he should be fighting for should be for a ranking. Okay. So, so that was the, that was the next question I had. Where do you see him? Is he 15? Does he jump up a little higher? Who does he fight next in this entire uh, in, in this entire UFC? Who is his next opponent? Because a lot of guys were talking about his um, next opponent. Obviously, he jumps into the top 15. I believe so as well. Who's the guy that Madalena calls out? Or, or, you know, obviously he didn't do a call out during the fight. Who's the next opponent for him? I mean, it's tough, but I mean, looking at the rankings right now, I mean, maybe you give him somebody at the edge of the rankings, right? You have somebody like um, Daniel Rodriguez that won against Lee Jingliang, but lost against Neil Magny. Or you have somebody even like Michael Chiesa who lost against Luke and Sean Brady, right? That's somebody that's an excellent grappler and would be a great test to a, you know, more or a, more of a better striker than he is a grappler, more of a more better. That's not even English. It's 12, 2.30, 2.23 in the morning. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to say, but, it's, it's late. We're doing this show late. Don't even worry about the English, John. But he has better grappling than Madalena, and I think that that would be an excellent test for him. If he wants to make you know himself a run to, you know, obviously in a division where Shavkat Rachmanov is going to make the rise, but in a division where if you want Jack Della Madalena wants to make a run, I think that would be an excellent next step for him. Okay, going down the prelim card, obviously light heavyweight bout versus Tyson Pedro versus Modestas Bukaskas. If you guys have watched us before, you know me and my former co-host John, uh, Josh, not John. I got two J's as my co-host. Uh, Modestas Bukakas, one of our favorite guys. He got the win via decision. Yashua uh, uh, Kilibayo versus uh, Malisk. He got the submission win. KO win versus Shannon Ross on uh, Clydeson Rodriguez. Jamie Malarkey got the win as well. Um, even going down the early prelims, if you guys watched any of the, the Fight Bananas fights before, I interviewed Don Shameless Shanus this week. He was going up against Jack Jenkins, the contender winner. Unfortunately, was un unable to get the win. It was a good fight between the two of them. I thought Don took the second round. Did not get the win. Jack Jenkins, the Aussie man himself, the kid, was able to get the win. Uh, Loma Lukabunme, she got the win over Elise Reed. Did you were you able to watch that fight? I did watch that one, and she was he was she was able to I cut know her Loma opponent. Was a, was a, was a, was both liked. She's one of my favorite female fighters to watch. Like she is so aggressive in the clinch like up close she just loves to hit you with like elbows and using all eight points of contact in the first round you know she was able to cut her opponent open and her opponent got her down and she was you know fighting off of you know having her opponent on her back but in the second round she was able to get her opponent down take her opponent's back get that choke and finish her out Lagumi is one of my favorite female fighters to watch hands down No, and, and I thought she did a fantastic job. She also did a great job in the in the post fight interview. She's ready. It, it seems like to take on anybody in that strawweight division for the women. Um, Loma Lukabune, fantastic fight tonight. We also had Shane Young versus Blake Blint, uh, Belinder. Belinder got the win via decision again. Uh, Zaburia Tukov. Uh, this was this was a controversy. First fight of the night, John. Elvis Brenner versus Zabaria. Tukov. I watched that fight. I don't know if you were able to watch that fight. Tukov, in my opinion, clearly won that fight. They gave the decision to Brenner. Did you see the fight? Were you able to watch it? I know, obviously, you and I were both doing double duty today. I was watching the Mizzou game. I had. I was also uh, out, out to dinner with the lady. You 
on the other hand, you were covering the Magic game because you were an Orlando fan, but you also are based out of Orlando, uh, out in Florida here in America. So uh, you're not based out of Orlando. Where, where are you? Where are you from? I am a I am a Miami Heat fan, sir. Oh, you're the Heat fan? Oh I'm... shit, dude! I didn't even. Okay, I because you covered the Magic so much, I thought you were a Magic fan. That makes way more sense that you're a Miami fan. Yeah, I just live in the area. Yeah. Hey, shout out first off. Shout out to MMA Joey. Uh, everybody in the comment section said MMA Joey sent us here. Shout out to MMA Joey. Thank you for giving. This is a kind of a weird show for me and John. Like I said, I'm doing it in the car. I apologize to you guys. This is not our normal setup. This is a random one-off that we are doing. Shout out to MMA Joey. We appreciate you guys for coming over here. Um and and watching the fights for us, and and not only watching the fights, watching the post fight shows. It's fans like you guys that give guys like us who do post fight shows any type of recognition, any type of support, and you guys are the fans that keep us going. So shout out to you, John. Give him a quick clap, real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys. You know, like I said, it's two thirty a.m. here on the East Coast, so you know, definitely makes it easy have you guys here. You know, AJ, Kalawali, uh, Bitsy, Elias. Marcellus, appreciate you all the guys and MMA Joey, appreciate you guys, appreciate you sending the raid as well. Thank you so much. We we appreciate all you guys. Again, going back, uh, you know, we've we've kind of covered a little bit of everything tonight. Going back to the Islam fight, I've I've seen a lot of people say obviously Islam won. No problem. Uh shout out to AJ. He said Islam barely won. It's weird when it comes to the judging. It's weird when it's a fight that you see. And again, this was one of those fights that I saw that it, it the energy level seemed to come from Volkanovsky. Islam did what Islam does. And he, not stalls. Stall is a bad word. Although Islam, in that second round, John, let, let me ask you. In that second round, Volkanovsky was calling for a stall on Islam. I believe it should have been called a stall. Yes, they were hand fighting. Islam wasn't going anywhere. Do you? We lost Blake for a second there. So do I think that it was a stall? It's tough for me to say if it was a stall or not because Islam just has such good top pressure. So it's like he's always trying to work from there, right? So he's always going to try to go for the submissions regardless. I don't think he was as aggressive going for the submissions due to the strength of Volkanovski tonight, but I think with just the amount of, you know, strength that Volk has with the hands, it's hard for Islam to be able to just get those submissions, right? Volk trained and drilled all those positions probably to no ends getting prepared for this camp. So it's tough because I think it was just more neutralization rather than really stalling. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, shout out to the guys in the comments. You know, we're getting a ton of comments. Shout out to you guys. You guys are freaking awesome. I'm going to crack a beer just for you guys. All right. One handed. Spilling it everywhere, chugging it down. But but no, it, it was weird because Islam was able to get positioning on Volkanovsky. He was able to get the positioning that he has always worked for. He does it in almost every fight. He was not able to cinch up that rear naked choke, which is what he was looking for. That allowed Volkanovsky not only to defend it, but it allowed him to talk that shit. He was talking hard car shit during the fight. You could see him doing it. Not only was he talking shit, but like I said, in that second round when I thought it could have been called stalling possibly on Makachev, uh, Volkanovsky was talking to the ref. He was talking to the ref. So uh, when it comes to Islam, you know, some people can say, and this could have been, again, for the casual fans, ground game isn't as cool as head kick knockouts, uppercut knockouts, right, left, rock knockouts. When it comes to somebody who understands the game, when it comes to somebody who watches grappling and understands how important it is, especially for two guys who, one, Volkanovsky was not a guy that everybody thought grappling was fantastic. They thought it was good. But when you go up against a Dagestani, who their entire, I mean, their literal being outside of Muhammad, the God himself, is the grappling God. You know, what was it? to watch somebody be able to defend Islam and his ground game so well. So before I answer that, everybody in the comments, Blake's at his house and he is just using the car 
to soundproof and not wake up his family. He is not drinking and driving, so you guys don't have to worry. He yeah, is yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not heading down the highway with a beer. I'm, I apologize about that. AJ said you already. He said too late. You're already doing 80 miles per hour. Um, but I think it was just. It was so. It was honestly one of the craziest things I've seen because, like I said, watching MMA, it's you rarely see people get up from any Dagestani wrestlers like takedowns right like once they take you down they take you down you're stuck there you might be able to defend till the end of the round but it's very rare you get up maybe once maybe very early in the fight you're able to do it right alexander volkanovsky throughout the fight was able to get up and that was something that we have never seen me personally like i said against these dagestani fighters more more so islam mahashev right i think that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, even in a loss by Alexander Volkanovsky. It was it was interesting, and and shout out to again, shout out to all the commenters. You guys are why we do this in the first place. But when it comes to Islam, he seems to have just such a dominating presence on the ground. He seems to have such a dominating force. But when you talk about Volkanovsky, he was able to get the fuck up. He was able to get the fuck up in certain areas. Now, he was also able to defend. And maybe that's why it was so interesting watching this entire fight. Because even though Islam technically won a unanimous decision, it was it was the, the way he defended the route. See, now John's drinking. Y'all got John drinking. John didn't even drink. He's taking pulls. <laughs> But it was the way that it, the whole it was the half way. gallon of vodka. <laughs> hey, cheers to that. But no, it was the way he was able to defend that made it so exciting. He he seemed to be active 24 7, 365, constantly. He was bringing that up. So when you watch the fight again, I, I believe that Makacha took either four or five rounds. I, I haven't looked at the judging scores quite yet, but in my opinion, it was one of those where I was like, damn, Makachev won that round, but Volkanovsky looks good do- defending it. He looks good doing it. What was your take on uh, on Volkanovsky's performance as a whole, and where do you put this fight as far as the fights we've seen so far this year? Yeah, I think it's definitely the best fight. Um, just doing a quick brain check, like, you you know, as far as top-tier talent facing each other, best fight you can possibly put on between two top guys. Um you know, it was a great performance by him. Volkanovski, like I said, I don't know. It's just really hard to say anything else because just everything he did as far as octagon IQ, clipping Islam, putting him in danger, right? Having him at the bottom in position and ground and pound. He was just able to do it all tonight. And I think it was just one of the most spectacular performances you'll see. And I think that, like I said, pound for pound, in my opinion, Alexander Volkanovski is still number one. So uh, I want to give a shout out here, obviously, to AJ. He brought up the fact that it was slick of Volk to bring in Craig Jones and the Hickman brothers in his jujitsu camp. Volkanovski, obviously a, a Tiger Muay Thai guy, used to using the Muay Thai, used to using the kickboxing. We didn't see quite as much of that this fight. How did his ground game and bringing in Craig Jones, bringing in the Hickman brothers help him in this fight? I mean, it, it showed. Right. He was able to just work and able just just show this in his defense. Right. He was never, ever in a position that where he was have, have to force a tap out like Ortega put him in worse positions than Islam did yes. tonight. Like he had him in more danger than Islam did tonight. So I think that just showed what how the, the what the training proved tonight. At the end of the fight. Even though there was obviously there has to be a winner, there has to be a loser. Rare occasions there is a draw. Who was the ultimate winner of this fight? Do you give it to Islam? Obviously, he retained his belt. He proved, hey, now I'm the pound for pound number one fighter in the world. Do you give it to Volkanovski for saying, hey, this is the guy that everybody thought was Hercules. This is the guy that everybody thought was a legend, the, the icon, the unbreakable second Iron Eagle, the 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 um, uh, Khabib's protege who ultimately won this fight as far as a uh perspective goes not not obviously who won because we know duh but who won in your perspective as far overall 
Yeah, no, I think, I mean, you have to go with Volkanovsky, right? Because he just went toe-to-toe with one of the guys that, like, you know, probably going to be one of the greatest fighters of all time, you know, if he continues down the path that he's continuing down. But now this really just solidifies and puts up the ranking of Volkanovsky and featherweight gold, even though this is was a fight in lightweight, right? But this just solid solidifies his legacy as an MMA fighter and where he's going to be ranked maybe when his career is said and done. So now you understand why I think this has to be not not necessarily next. Volkanovski is going to run back down, fight Yair Rodriguez. It's not going to happen immediately. But this fight needs to be run back, John. It's yes, but like I said, I think with you have, I can tell your hesitation. Your hesitation showed me you disagree with me. Why? Yes. Okay. So here's why I disagree. Right? Volkanovski, he defended really well. But that's what he did. He defended, right? Islam is going to be able to get dominant positions more more times than not. So no matter how great Alex is at defending those positions and able to get him up, like, yes, Alex can clip him. He was clipping him tonight. Like, I wanted Alexander Volkanovsky to win this fight, right? But Islam is going to be able to get the control more times than not, and that's going to win you a fight regardless. So I think if you have to look at who's going to probably win a fight in a rematch, Alexander Volkanovsky is going to be older. Featherweights, when they age, they age a lot worse than lightweights. Just as weight classes go up, they age a lot worse, right? Heavyweights can fight at 45 because the power is retained. When you have a guy with who uses his speed as much as Volkanovski, an extra year or two down the line, you don't know how that's going to last up. And then Islam is still working his way potentially into his prime. So I think that's going to be tough for, his, or for Alex to win a rematch. All right, so let me ask you this. Who in the uh, lightweight division is going to give you the same kind of output, the same kind of fight, the same kind of excitement that Volkanovsky gave Islam Makachev tonight? Armand Sarukian, the one guy that fought Islam on short notice and that was able to do a lot of the things tonight that he did tonight, right? This was a guy that was able to get up from a lot of the takedowns that Islam did. Um, he was able to, you know, actually, I believe was the first guy to take Islam down, if I'm not wrong on that one. Um, but Arman was, is somebody that met Islam way before in the rankings and now has been dominating fighters left and right. The fight that he lost on his way up to the rankings, uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I believe he won that fight. I think it was Gamrot. I think it was Mateus, Mateus Gamrot. Um, I think Armand won that fight against Mateo Scamron, right? So I think Armand should be on a much longer win streak right now. And I think that he and him and uh, Medil and Daru should be fighting for a number one contendership. Okay. John, the problem with arguing with you is you always have fucking amazing comebacks. And I don't, I don't always have a great answer for you because you're just so goddamn good, brother. And that's why I love having you as my co-host. Everybody give it up for Jonathan Ramlakan. Jonathan MMA, go follow him on Twitter, on the Instagram. That's his Twitter. Or I'm sorry, that's his Instagram. Uh, Instagram for me, fucking Wake and Blake 29. Shout out to Paul at MMA Shark. Shout out to Fight Bananas. Again, guys, in the comments, thank you so fucking much for coming to support us tonight. This has been the, the most support we've gotten in quite a while, just as far as Hell, the last show we did was four in the morning, I believe, uh, John. So it, we we be doing this shit every fight, every weekend, every Saturday. So I cannot applaud you guys enough. And shout out to MMA Joey. MMA Joey, I see you in the comments. Everybody else said that you brought them here. Thank you so fucking you. much for you appreciate guys' that. support. Appreciate that huge, man. Stopping by and stopping in to show some support. We fucking love it. Again, I apologize. This is not the normal setup we do. I'm doing it from my car, trying not to wake up people inside the house. Uh, uh, normally, we have a better setup than this, so I apologize. He's again. not it's drinking lagging. and driving. Don't worry. I am not drinking. I'm not going 80 down the highway. Don't worry. I do have a drink, but don't worry. The car is not on. I am not driving, so don't even worry about it. Um, but no, hey, uh, Kalahuli, good night, brother. Time to go to bed. You have a good one. But no. Um, overall, UFC 284 didn't meet expectations. Cheers to you too, brother. Cheers to you too. Didn't meet expectations. 284, Islam Makachev, Alexander Volkanovsky, Yair Rodriguez, Josh Emmett, 
Did it meet expectations? Did it give the fans the fight that they thought that they deserved? It absolutely fucking did. Like, I feel like this was one of the rare times where the fight lived up to the hypes, right? Like the co-main event. Let's let's talk about that, right? Josh Emmett with incredible power. The swing and misses that he had was just as entertaining Nasty. as the swings and hits that he had. Exactly. Like he was going for everything. Like every single shot he was trying to punch, he was trying to take his head off. And Yair Rodriguez got clipped by a couple of them, and he was hurt in that fight. But Yair did an amazing job with the kicks at all three levels. He was able to get that flying knee. Emmett ended up on top, but that triangle from the bottom was absolutely beautiful. It showed the evolution of Yair Rodriguez that we wanted to see. And regardless if it's interim or not, hey, Mexico has another champion, right? That's awesome for that. Like, let's go. Like, that's great for them. And this showed, like, what Yair Rodriguez, you know, maybe with this – the potential that we saw in him a long time ago finally being realized in tonight and then when it comes to alexander volkanovsky right yeah uh, this is afi josh could have finished in the first he did left that opportunity slip um but when it comes to the main event the main event lived up to the expectations and more and i think when you talk like when you really contextualize who these two fighters are and where their place could be in history when they're both retired i think we're really going to be able to appreciate that so who does Emmett, in your opinion, who does Emmett get next? Yes, obviously he lost the fight. Yair Rodriguez is going to fight Volkanovski for the title. Who does Emmett get next? Where does this where does this division go? That's a good question. Um, maybe you go with Brian Ortega because you know that's the last guy. Like they'll both last have lost against Yair Rodriguez, right? So now you have uh, Ortega. And um, Emmett, both of the losses coming against Yair, and then Ortega's last loss before that was for Volkanovski. So now I think that would be a good matchup for him. I think another one, maybe you, you know, if TKZ wants to do something, you can throw TKZ or Calvin Cater. Like there's a couple options that are a little bit lower in the rankings for him as well. But I think the best one for him would probably be Brian Ortega. Well, and I agree with with uh, AJ in the comments, AJ. He did have a perfect position for that triangle, let it slip, didn't quite take advantage of it, unfortunately, and that ultimately left him open to, uh, you know, getting the submission by Yair, Yair Rodriguez. Again, Yair, so dynamic, so explosive, and so unpredictable. Again, I kind of compare him in a small, small sense. I don't want people thinking I think Yair Rodriguez is Conor McGregor. But it's the unpredictability of their striking capability. It's the unpredictability of what he's going to do next. He throws weird elbows. And we saw one of those elbows stun Josh Emmett in the fight. So, you know, as far as as Yair is concerned, you know, again, Mexican champ for now. They've got, I believe, two at the moment. It's him and Moreno. Correct. I lost John for quite a second, but there you go. It, it, uh, John, did you hear me? It's uh, as far as Mexican champions go, it's it's Yair and Moreno at the at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard you. That was correct. Again, I apologize, guys. We're having a little bit of we're having a little bit of difficulty. I am doing this from my car. Do not blame John for this. This is my fault. I'm the one hosting it. Uh, had to keep people uh, not awake in my house. But um, you cut out just a tad. So let me know what what was your answer. Yeah, I I do think those are the two. Okay, so those are the two. So as far as Yair, when he comes up to bat, what's his? You know, what do you think as far as him in that division? Is that even a fair fight, Volkanovski versus Jair? How far is the skill level difference between those two? I mean, I think you're talking about a guy that's, you know, um, right now, Jair is really good. And don't get me wrong, I think that he can give Volkanovski a little bit of trouble with how agile he is, like his movement. He has really good movement as well as, like you talked about, his striking is very unique. But I do think that, just the octagon IQ of of Volkanovski is is just too good, right? I think that he's going to be able to eventually get the control. And I think with Josh Emmett, he was, he kind of got himself into a triangle, right? I don't think Volkanovski would really put himself in that position 
to get triangled from the bottom, right? We saw Ortega, you know, would be able to get it from the top, but I do think um, somebody like Yair wouldn't be as physically capable to handle the strength of Volkanovski should those grappling exchanges occur. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. I think Yair, yes, his strike, and le- unless he was able to catch Volkanovski with, um, you know, one of his kicks or just a kind of an abstract strike, I do think Volkanovski is. And again, we talk about pound for pound. And this is one of the things that Tom Aspinall was on Twitter about all week. He was on Twitter all week about pound for pound fighter is a dumb thing to talk about because what does that even mean? Pound for pound. Yeah. A lot of people call Demetrius Johnson, the greatest pound for pound fighter of all time, but Demetrius Johnson versus John Jones is not going to be a fair fight. And we all know that. So what is your, what is your take on the, the pound for pound conversation here in this fight? Obviously it means a lot more because they're so close in weight one division against each other or one division away from each other. Does the fight for pound for pound matter? Um, and does pound for pound mean anything in the, the overall scope of MMA? Well, I think it's, it's more so a topic of discussion and comparison of skill amongst fighter of different weight classes. Right. And I do think that when you're talking about, you know, different fighters like or, or different weight classes that you're still able to kind of have a baseline of skill that you can talk, you know, match guys up against. Now, when you're talking about somebody in the heavyweight division against somebody in the flyweight division, it's a lot harder because you're never going to have somebody in the flyweight division that has the knockout power of Francis Ngannou. Maybe Figueredo has that power, but not like Francis Ngannou, right? And then same thing on the heavyweights. You're never going to see a heavyweight you know, be able to move like Figueredo, like Cyril Gaon is a really good mover, but he's never going to be able to move as fast and as agile as Figueredo or able to wrestle and sprawl like Moreno, right? So I think it's a great topic of discussion and I think it's a good topic for comparison. Um, As far as legitimacy goes, it's hard to be able to quantify the legitimacy of it. But I do think when you're talking about what makes a fighter good, right, you have to kind of maybe look at their all around characteristics. Let's talk about their grappling game, right? Let's talk about you know, takedown defense, let's talk about their striking and organize that based on what that individual fighter's strength is and then rank that amongst different fighters and how they've done against fighters of that of that fighting style. You can kind of, you know, get yourself where that pound for pound is and kind of see where it makes sense. Again, my absolute amazing confidant, Jonathan Ramblecon, giving a fucking fantastic breakdown, as always. Guys, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I'm probably going to end the stream here soon because we, again, I'm having a little bit of issue hearing John properly. He's fantastic, obviously. I heard all that, but I just don't want to give you guys bad quality of stuff. UFC 284, fucking awesome card. Uh, Islam Makachev, absolute champion of the world right now for that lightweight division featherweight division it remains to be seen yair rodriguez could it be volkanovsky i'd probably lean towards volkanovsky but we will see again for all the commenters or all the fans thank you so much huge huge can't even understate this shout out to mma joey it looks like he brought a lot of guys over uh a lot of guys and ladies possibly to the MMA, uh, to, to fight bananas and to watch our stream. We love it so much. My man, John Romlecon over here. Shout out to MMA shark. Shout out to fight bananas. Shout out to Dave and Hawking. John, I'm going to give you the last words for the, uh, for the stream. Yeah. What an absolutely amazing fight. UFC 284. The last two fights for it were absolutely amazing. Pound for pound. Number one versus pound for pound. Number two, whether you would, you love the pound for pound listing or not came down to, the best showcase of mixed martial arts that I've seen in a while when it comes to just mixing it all together, like striking, ground game, fence work, right? Submission defense, like everything was showcased in this fight at the highest level. And I was just, it was just one of those things where you just have to appreciate it. And I think we're going to, when these guys retire and we see where they stand in history, we'll be able to appreciate how great this fight was. But like you said, Thanks to MMA Shark. Of course, thanks to Dave Van Auken and Fight Bananas for having us on. 
that's my man, John Ramlikan. Fucking beautiful human, amazing analyst, and, and a partner, confidant, somebody who does a fantastic job. Again, shout out to MMA Shark. Paul over there, if you guys don't know, go fight, go f- uh, follow MMA Shark. He does a fantastic job giving you previews, breakdowns, giving you all the analytics for all the fights each week. He's fantastic. Dave Van Auken, obviously fucking fantastic. Even allowing somebody like me to have a platform who I, I that's probably, it should be legal. I, I don't know who allowed me to do it. John, you're amazing. Um, go follow him. Go follow me. Bless you guys. Bless you, AJ. Bless everybody in the comments. We love you guys and we'll check you guys later. Peace.